Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding, Ken's Movie Review Edition. I thank you for joining me again for a very interesting movie, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. As always, I will give you a basic rundown, spoiler-free, of whether I think the movie should be seen in theaters, whether you should wait for it to be streaming, whether you should maybe sort of wait for it when you're half asleep and just need something to get you the rest of the way there or just completely ignore it. Run screaming, run screaming. So uh, after that, we will go into the spoiler heavy portion where I will break down everything into the following categories of cast, director, costuming and props, location, cinematography, plot and writing, and any bonus points. That total will come up to somewhere between zero and 100 and hopefully it'll be more like, you know, in the high side, which you want to get back on a test from school and not like the low side, which I got back on a test from school on, on occasion and it made me cry and it was sad. All right, so let's let's go with the beginning. Should you see it in the theaters? Um, I often qualify this uh, and I am not, this is one of the few that I'm not going to qualify very much. Maybe if you hate cartoons, don't see it. But otherwise, yeah, see this in the theater. It's well worth a view, whether you're a comic book fan or not. Um, altogether, a very fun movie. Uh, and, I, and I think it's something that has such a, a wide appeal, even though it is kind of uh, deep in the you know comic book and super, superhero mythos. Um, it, it's, just, it's just well done all around. Um, if that's any indication of what I think the, what you think the score is going to be on this, but, uh, let's break into the, the spoiler heavy portion. Now, this is going to be a little different because several of the categories that I break this down into don't really apply in this particular instance because it's an animated film. So I may kind of alter things just a smidge, uh, because we have to get around that particular issue. But let's start with the cast. I mean, the cast is pretty phenomenal uh, of the voice actors that they've got. They've got uh, uh, Shamik Moore as Miles Morales. Um, not really familiar with a lot of this gentleman's work, but I think he he definitely captured the, the tone and the feeling of the character very well. I mean, every time anyone reads a book or uh, reads a comic book, they kind of imagine the character sounding in a very specific way. It's kind of how I imagined Miles sounding when I read the comics. I was slightly surprised. That was really kind of cool. Um, they had uh, Jake Johnson as Peter B. Parker, the one that, you know, survives. Uh uh, he's been on a, a variety of different things in the past. Uh, the, the one that uh, kind of leaped out at me, no pun intended, was 21 Jump Street he was in, which was kind of cool. Uh, did an excellent job with that. You got Haley uh, Steinfeld as Gwen Stacy. She's actually in another movie that's out right now, with, or soon anyway, uh, with Bumblebee. Uh, but, you know, uh, in the Pitch Perfect series of movies, True Grit, uh, she's had quite a, a quite a resume up until this point, and did a a very very good Gwen Stacy, um, uh, Marshala Ali uh, as uh, the Prowler uncle uh, of Miles Morales, um, and hopefully I really as always I tend to just mash names and I'll apologize if I did, but 
this gentleman I really, really like as an actor. Uh, he's also in an, a movie that's out right now other than this, uh, The Green Book, um, which has been getting some pretty decent reviews from what I've seen. Um, but the stuff that I know him from that I really enjoy, he's, he's had other comic book affiliated stuff. He was in uh, the Luke Cage television shows Cottonmouth in the first uh, season uh, and oh man, I wish they'd have kept him around longer because really the play between uh, the two of them was the best. Uh, I, I don't think it, the second half of that season really was nearly as good as the first half, and it's partly I think just due to chemistry uh, between the actors. Um, and he was in House of Cards, had a great part in House of Cards. Uh, you know, he's been all over the place and just kind of brings a certain level of. Uh, seriousness that you can get behind on the characters that he does, but he can also be very um, warm in a, lo a lot of his uh, in a lot of his roles, which is which is wonderful. Um, you've got Lily Tomlin as Aunt May. I mean, Lily Tomlin, you can't go wrong. Uh, she's been comedy gold for years. Uh, just kind of a fun thing. Zoe Kravitz as uh, Mary Jane. Uh, and I talked about Zoe Kravitz not very long ago. She was in the most recent uh, Fantastic Beasts film, and she did great in that. And uh, not quite as big a role in this particular film, but uh, passable, certainly. It's hard to, hard to really give it more uh, of a vote than that, just because they didn't give her very much in the way of lines. So there wasn't a... Uh, a direction really to, to stretch with that. But I had a, I have a feeling that if she had more time, she'd have been pretty fantastic. Uh, John Mulaney as a uh, spider ham. Um, first of all, spider ham, so much fun as a character. So glad they put the, put it in this particular film and John Mulaney, you, you gotta be kidding me. Uh, one of my favorite comedians, uh, writer for SNL for quite some time. Stand up uh, is just spot on fantastic every single time. Uh, he just had that Broadway show based off of a sketch from uh, uh, him and Nick Crawl. Uh, oh, hello, I believe it was. You know, just fantastic all around. Funny, funny guy. Nick Cage as the uh, Spider Man noir. That was kind of a fun little treat. Because, you know, Nick Cage is generally Nick Cage, and it's hard when you see him in a film to see him as anything other than Nick Cage. So having it be voice work uh, makes it a little bit better, and uh, or better is not the right word. You're able to kind of get away from that a little bit more. Uh, I've always enjoyed Nick Cage, and uh, I think he, he didn't get a lot, again, not a lot of voice time in this particular role, but what they had was pretty spot on. Um, you had uh, Kamiko Glenn as uh, Penny Parker, uh, the, 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 I was going to say the odd man out, but I mean, really, Spider-Ham's the odd man out, uh, but uh, kind of a drastically anime <laughs> Spider-Man kind of character. Uh, she did great. Um, not really familiar with a lot of her other work, but, uh, you know, I, I think she, she handled herself Again, much like Nick Cage, didn't have a lot of time to really to stretch into a lot of the a lot of um, um, lines. But what she had, she made count, and it was super super cool. Um, Catherine Hahn as Doc Ock was great. Uh, Liv Schreiber, who I adore uh, as Kingpin. I mean. Uh, you know, his last comic book thing maybe didn't go quite so well with X-Men Origins Wolverine, but 
not his fault. I mean, the, the dude is generally gold in anything that you're going to put him in. And uh, he's a lot of fun to watch. And he, he, uh, I would never have put him as Fisk. Never would have been my first choice. Never like in my top 10. But uh, yeah, he did great. He, uh, I mean, a little cartoony, sure. But it's a cartoon. So, I mean, it kind of fit directly directly in, in tone and everything. Um, Chris Pine as the the Peter Parker that we see at the beginning of the film, uh, which is kind of sweet. Um, you know, the, the rendition he did of Captain Kirk, I happen to like, even if I didn't like the reset of the Star Trek uh, movie series as much as any of, well, I wouldn't say any of the originals, but I, I think it could have been something a little different. That's neither here nor here, neither here nor there. He did fine. Um, and, and his voice work on that was, was very good. Um, and, you know, of course it was, uh, nice to see, nice to see, nice to hear Stanley kind of one more time, um, as a parting gift as it were. Um, so that was kind of, kind of nice. Uh, the only other thing I'm going to mention, and this really isn't a boon or a takeaway. I just thought it was kind of funny seeing that Post Malone <laughs> had a spot in the film. Uh, kind of, kind of odd, but uh, you know, whatever. It, it's it's always nice to kind of just stick in the. I have to I have to believe he was a fan and kind of wanted to have that little cameo like role and being able to kind of put that in there when you're uh, when you're. Um, that kind of geeked about it. It's kind of wonderful. So, I mean, that's just a fabulous group of actors. So the names, the base names they start with are already just good and they've got history and they've done good work. But not only that, they lined up with the characters extremely well. And I left all sorts of people out on this because there's a lot of, a lot of voices for a lot of different uh, parts in the film. And, uh, they, they were all spot on. I didn't have any instances where I just had that head scratching moments like what were they thinking there with that particular placement or why did they interpret the character in a specific way? No, kind of dead on the entire time, which was amazing to me. Um, so casting about as perfect as you could get. I got to give it a 19 out of 20. Um, that's pretty, pretty, like I said, pretty fantastic. That's all I could say about that. Moving on to director. There are actually three listed. And, uh, so you've got, uh, um, Peter Ramsey, you've got, uh, uh, Rodney Rothman, you've got, uh, and this is going to be my next chance to completely destroy a name. Uh, Bob per Persick, Persicky. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, dude. I really am sorry. So, um, all right, so these 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 uh, people that are involved with the project, um, if you look up what they've done directing wise, next to nothing, uh, at least nothing that's you know going to hit an IMDb anyway. But even though they don't have a lot of that directing side, they've got a lot of the writing side and a lot of that other the other aspects that are kind of the pre-director step that you would kind of want somebody to have experience with anyway, especially with a film that's put together like this. Um, so while when I saw their names, I go, who? Um, and, and it wasn't one of those things to go, man, that's, that's a step in the right direction. Um, at the same time, the proof is in the pudding. And they're in their interpretation of the pre-existing material from the comic books and 
whoever did the screenplay uh, for it, and we'll get to the writing later, uh, I think their uh, direction of, of how it was put together and, and how the actors should handle things, I have to assume they probably had to give some kind of uh, uh, urging on, had to have been fantastic because without everything firing in the right way, um, I, I, it wouldn't have been nearly as good as it was. So I, I'm going to just kind of leave this as it is. I can't give this a super high marks just because, again, I don't know who they are, but I can't not give them high marks because they did so well. So I'm going to give this a 17 out of 20 uh, on, on that scale. Okay, now on to costuming and props. It's a cartoon. There is no costuming and props. So the nearest translation um, I can kind of put into that would be the artistic interpretation of the characters from the previous medium. And so much of it was good. Um, the, the the style that they used, the, the type of clothing, the average clothing that they had uh, miles in and they had the other students in, uh, the designs were really solid on that. The uh, the costume, the Spider-Man costume that he was wearing that was ill-fitting. The, uh, uh, the Spider-Man costume on an overweight Peter Parker that was that was particularly fun. Um, they, they basically just drugged straight up on Spider-Ham and uh, the Spider-Man noir. And uh, the Gwen Stacy was just straight from the comic books. Um, and the... The way that Miles kind of embraced the Spider-Man suit, that specific design, again, uh, just it's not drastically different from the comics. So a lot of this is just mostly taking what's already there and putting it up. So while it's not really uh, uh, reinventing the wheel or even inventing the wheel, uh, using the wheel, I'm not really sure where the analogy goes on that. Um, I think it was the right move to not really drastically change anything. Um, so I'm just going to give that an eight out of 10. I don't think there's any, any need to kind of go deep into that. So let's go to location. Also not really applicable, uh, not in the traditional sense. Uh, there's, there's not going to be shooting locations. It's, it's all again, just kind of drawn into it and everything takes place in Manhattan sections of Manhattan and in the kind of uh, surreal in between dimension space that, that happens, uh, towards the end of the film. Um, I'm not going to go deep into this either. I mean, everything seemed right. Everything seemed good. I'm just going to give that an 8 out of 10 so I don't have to uh, encounter any sort of a, a brain spasm in trying to find another way to put 10 points of, of something into this. Um, and then something that sort of tracks but doesn't really, cinematography. Um, there is definitely some cinematography, uh, cinematography aspects. You know, how are they drawing the panels? What, what angles are they coming? What perspectives are they using? What styles are they using? Um, for the most part, kind of fantastic. I mean, it's crisp. It's it tracks well. It moves extremely well. There's uh, nothing that I can think of where. There's just a strange choice in where they want the perspective to be from. Uh, there's They kind of show what they want to show. Now, I have to couch this. I did have one small pet peeve on this, and I don't know if this is actually in the movie or if this was an, an issue with the way the movie was shown to me. 
But when I saw the movie, and you know, we have the choice of 3D or not 3D. I can't stand 3D for a variety of different reasons, but I'm not going to go into that. So I saw the standard showing. However, there were multiple instances throughout the movie where things were out of focus. Um, like there's, there's just a prominent shot of a building. I'm not really even sure what it said because it was quadruple layered over itself. If you looked at the edges of the screen in multiple places, that images doubled up like it was being intended for 3D viewing, but it was being shown in 2D. But it wasn't always like that. The stuff uh, dead center was pretty much the way that it was supposed to be. Uh, it made me question multiple times that am I in the right viewing? I, nobody else had glasses. So I had to assume that I was in the right viewing uh, uh, of the 2D showing. If that was on purpose, it was disconcerting and almost painful. Uh, I mean, I it, it could give headaches uh, <laughs> if that was uh, constant for some people. Uh, if it was an accident, you know, I will say that it really has no faults if that was not the way it was intended to be put. Uh, but I had to take a couple points away from that uh, for that reason. So I'm going to give that a 17 out of 20. Now plot. This is usually where I tear things down, where there's just massive problems either in character development or time given to characters or uh, the plot is just dumb or whatever. There's really nothing I can attack that I can think of in this particular movie. Um, kind of like I said, they, they, they kept really true to the original comics. And it's one of the reasons that I think the Miles Morales character has, has stayed the test of time where some other characters haven't. I mean, does anyone really remember Thunderstrike? I mean, they brought him back briefly, but if you say, hey, you know there was a Thor that wasn't Thor when Thor was gone, but he looked like Thor, but he wasn't Thor, and they gave him his own comic book. No, most people don't remember that dude. Um, but Miles Morales kind of has the right thing for the Spider-Man character. I mean, he's, he's a kid. He's going to be relatable. He's going to have the same kind of, uh, not the same problems, but the same feeling of problems but from a slightly different perspective because of where he's from and his family and how the family is put together and and, and the other things that go with it so it's it's a really fun character and that's then that's why less and they they translated there he's um he's kind of just trying to fit in and make his mark and they do a really good job of character development of this uh, of of Miles throughout the film, finding his confidence, trying to get a hold on what it is that he's doing and what his place in the world is. Uh, really done well. Uh, it was not just a pointless death of the first Spider-Man character because they know that you know what Spider-Man is and who he is, and they even give just a brief recap before everything happens. And the way he goes out, he goes out the right way. Um, it, it's really fun to kind of alternate flash forward to the other Peter Parker where things aren't going quite the way that he hoped they they would go. I mean, every character is really well fleshed out that needs to be really well fleshed out. Now, obviously, Spider-Ham, not fleshed out. It's a joke character, and that's just fine. Um, uh, the um, Penny Parker, maybe not as well fleshed out. Um, 
And again, because it's kind of a gimmick character, that's its purpose. Uh, the Spider-Man Noir, kind of a gimmick character, that's its purpose. Gwen Stacy, more fleshed out because, again, uh, partly I think because there's more to pull from it. It gained a lot of popularity in the comic books for good reason. And it's, a, again, a really nice, fun take on the Spider-Man character as Spider-Woman. It, it's it's kind of fun to see that go in that direction and and it tracks really well and the interaction between them was done really well giving uh the kingpin the bad guy an actual depth uh as why he's trying to do what he's trying to do um that's good i mean even even though he doesn't come to the ability to overcome that or change his position on how he deals with his family finding out what a monster he is but then you still get the kind of standard uh, straight up bad guy and Doc Ock also um, talking to a couple people they were they were surprised about Doc Ock being a woman but that's the fun thing about the Spider-Verse you have a lot of alternate options on who is what where and why um, it, in in the way they do things it doesn't matter whether you're a male character or a female character what your ethnicity is is completely irrelevant because the characters transcend that and are relatable to everybody, which or at least hopefully are. And that's what makes it great. Um, the plot itself is, is rather rudimentary. Uh-oh, multiversal threat because of what's going on. Got to stop the bad guy. That side of it is good uh, or pretty standard, I should say. But the way they, the way they come after it is, while maybe not fresh, it's fresh enough. It's, it's, it's kind of, uh, they are able to layer it with enough fun that you're able to kind of ignore that it's actually a pretty straightforward plot. Um, but at the same time, I didn't see any massive plot holes, at least not ones that really mattered. Um, I love, uh, you know, I love the interaction of all the characters having may not be just kind of the helpless aunt may, that you're that you're used to in the comics often and that you know you kind of see that direction going in a little bit with uh, the newer uh sony spider-man and homecoming but again everything just kind of gels so well so um, i'm going to give that one about a 19 out of 20 in plot too um this will also be one of those rare instances where i will give a bonus point because i geeked out so heavy at the very end of the film when the after credits appeared and spider-man 2099 which i i really enjoyed that comic and i i still have the first issue that they released to that and it, it's kind of an interesting thing interesting thing to see and then see him throw back to that really terrible cartoon and sort of recreate a a, a meme worthy uh, meme worthy it was memed uh section of the of the of the cartoon it was just fantastic so i gotta give an extra bonus point for that because that just made me giggle at the end of the film so all in all out of 100 that comes to a 93 that is a solid a and i think uh well deserved all in all um as always i would love to know what you think uh we are on twitter at real pudding guys let us know what you think or we are also on facebook uh pudding guys at pudding guys uh, we have our website, of course, uh, uh, www.everybodylovespudding.com, where we have forums where you can respond and, and give us your scores and see what our general scores are for all sorts of movies. 
But uh, until next time, I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful movie experience. Mm-hmm.